quite a week in Welsh rugby, but now it's all systems go for England in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from Wales under-20s as they look for a first win of the Six Nations when they face England. The first Wales coach Warren Gatland named his team to face England in Cardiff on Saturday. So, did that come as a bit of a relief after the events of this week? I haven't really thought the, of the emotions, yeah, just happy that uh, things have been sorted and uh, we can finally focus on uh, preparing for Saturday. How has it affected the preparations? Oh, um, guys are good this morning. We had a meeting with the players just to announce the, the team to them and just said, look, it's an opportunity for us to draw a line under the sand and just focus completely on preparing for Saturday. The 60 cap rule moving to 25, what are your thoughts on how that might affect the Welsh national squad and the Welsh regional game? I haven't even thought about that at all. That was only sort of uh, yesterday, so I haven't, uh, like my whole focus has been on, on Saturday. I'm not sort of trying to think too much too far ahead. I'm not even thinking about what players that may affect or not affect. Um, so, um, yeah, just the preparation and preparing for Saturday is most important. Fairly radical surgery on the team. Mason Grady, the uh, new cap, tell us about him. Uh, we've been impressed with him coming in. Um, he's quick, he's, he brings some some physicality in turn of that. He's, he's still young. I asked him the other day, what's your biggest work on? And he said, be more vocal and talking. So. But he's got some some fantastic attributes in terms of uh, potentially what he's what he can bring to the game, and it's just a it's a great opportunity for him and himself and Joe have played uh, games together before, so it's a it's a young midfield combination, um, which is you know pretty exciting, and and we brought some experience back and, and with with the squad and the changes that we made and with a few young faces. Owen Williams at fly half, his first international start in in that position. Why has he been chosen ahead of Dan Bigger? We spoke about giving players an opportunity. It's probably one position at the moment where we're lacking some real experience and back up to someone like Dan. That's definitely a position that, in terms of the future, it's, it's important. We've got, say, someone like Gareth Anscombe, who um, hopefully will come back fr- from injury, but you know he's had a number of injuries over the last few years. Owen Williams has had injuries as well. and um, But we've been pleased with the way that he has been playing. He's missed some training with a bit of a back injury last week, um, but he's, he's 100% and fit, fit and available. So well, it's, it's a great chance for him. And then obviously with that Ospreys combination with himself and Joe having had a few games together, it was a chance for us to see you know, where we are building towards the end of the year. And there's a lot of youth in the pack at Murrayfield. You've opted now to uh, bring back some of the more experienced guys like Alan Wynne-Jones, Lupe Falatau, Justin Tiprick, what's the thinking there? Yeah, just giving some experience to that forward pack around some of the youngsters. In fairness to those guys, they've uh, you know, we made changes for the Scotland game. Uh, we've brought that experience back, and they've been training the house down. They've been training exceptionally well. They deserve their spots, and then there's mixed them with some youngsters around them who, you know, also benefit from their time in the game. And what are your thoughts on England's uh, opponents and their performances so far in the championship? I see them as a little bit like us, sort of going through a little bit of a, a rebuilding phase in terms of uh, new coaching setup and things. And um, Steve's obviously trying to find his feet in terms of the best way forward. And yeah, moving Farrell back to ten, they've probably dispensed at the moment with the 
Marcus Smith and, and Farrell combination. They've gone for someone who's a bit more robust and, and, and Ollie Lawrence in terms of the midfield and, and carrying forward. And so I think he's you know definitely trying to find his best combinations going forward. And and obviously with a, a new setup in terms of the backroom staff as well. So we're probably a little bit in similar situations. But I think for both of us this game is absolutely massive because we win on Saturday and then we go away to, to Italy and France and you know we can finish the Six Nations on a real positive and for them uh, a loss on Saturday and in the, in the last two games are France and Ireland which are, are pretty challenging as well so it's definitely a huge game for, for both England and Wales. Can you use a sort of backs to the wall feeling in the camp and, and the nation to your advantage do you think? No, oh, it's, it's not something that we'll be talking about. I don't think there's any lack of motivation, the history and the passion between Wales and England and getting up for the game and um, you know, confident the, game, the guys will be ready for that on Saturday. Warren, as you say, you brought back a lot of experience. Was part of the thinking that you needed to consider things like character, temperament, uh, a bit of guidance, if you like, given the background history? Yeah, possibly. Some, you know, like some of those ex- experienced players have been through a lot of big situations. They've been through uh, and Grand Slams and winning Six Nations and World Cup semi-finals, so they, they, they've handled a, a huge amount of pressure. And there's, you know, definitely been a challenging week with all that's been going on, particularly in the earlier part of the week. And so, you know, definitely some of that experience. One of the players returning is loose head prop Gareth Thomas. It's been uh, very different. Let's see that. Um, obviously frustrating for us as well, but um, we're here today, ready to train, and looking forward to Saturday. How do you sort it out mentally, trying to prepare for this weekend and for the next few years, if you like, in, in terms of your, you and your colleagues' contracts? Yeah, well, obviously a lot of stuff's been going on about that, but then it's a perfect way to switch off from it. If I'm looking forward to this weekend, looking at all the detail we need to get through, and uh, yeah, it's good to have that behind us now so we can move on for Saturday. How relieved are the players to have uh, some of their requests met in terms of a seat on the board or place on the board of PRB and uh, changing the, the caps rule where we allowed more freedom to play elsewhere outside Wales? Uh, yeah, I think the you know, majority of the boys are really happy with the outcome but it's not really over yet until those boys get to sign uh, the contracts next Monday hopefully so yeah, we'll see then. Um, personally, what's your contract situation with the Ospreys? I've got another two years with the Ospreys, so I'm still in contract for another two years. Uh, you've got a bit of pushing to do against England uh, this weekend. What about this change again in the pack, having uh, made five changes for Scotland? There's another five changes uh, this week. What, what's the feeling about uh, those alterations? I'm just happy to be back involved and uh, looking forward to going up against a good pack. Both of us really pride ourselves with a set piece, so I'm really looking forward to that battle. What about England's form so far in the uh, the Championship, uh, beating Italy but losing to Scotland? Yeah, but still they've, they're showing good set piece, strong in the scrum and, and more really, so we got a big job to do on, uh, on the weekend. Is there a feeling that it is now time to deliver, having... Had a slow start to Warren Gatlin's second period in charge here? Yeah, it's a, it's a time to deliver. Every time you put on the, the Wales jersey or any other jerseys, you know, so we're, we're all guns blazing for this weekend and really looking forward to it as well. It's a new look midfield. I know you've got your head down in the scrum half the time, but uh, young Mason Grady uh, getting his first chance. Tell us what you make of him so far. 
Yeah, he's looking really physical uh, when I am in the scrum. I, I do see him after the scrum's done, so uh, he is looking physical and really looking forward to seeing him go. And as a team, I suppose finishing your chances must be a key this weekend. Having you know had a decent share of possession and territory in so far in the, the first uh, couple of matches, but not quite converting. It just needs to click, doesn't it? And we're, we're creating a lot of things. Just finishing those little moments off will be massive for us. Can you actually use this, do you think, in some way on Saturday in the team talk? Yeah, we've stuck together through this. Let's go out and show everyone that we haven't been affected by it. We can go out and play against England. Uh, yeah, I suppose. But for me, like Wales, England is the best game you can play in. So I don't need any added motivation on going out there and uh, and delivering a big performance on against England. There's a reasonably high penalty count against Ireland, a higher one in, in Scotland. How can you work on cutting out the penalties? Because that's going to be a massive part of it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so, uh, so the first two games was way, uh, way too high penalty count, really. So that's obviously a focus uh, we've done in training last week. And this week we've had Ben Whitehouse in, in the sessions with us. So that's been good for us um, to concentrate on the discipline side of things as we're going through the through sessions as well. And results like the Ospreys going up to Leicester and getting a win, does that give you a little bit of extra... Confidence as well. We obviously believe ourselves. We can do it. Uh, we can go toe to toe with the best packs in Europe, really. So um, we are looking forward to putting the pressure on them. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty of coverage with everything that's been going on the national team all around. So let's concentrate here on the future and Wales under-20s. A defeat in Scotland, but yellow cards, penalties and injuries made that a bit of a hard game to judge. Having lost a couple of players through injury from that game for this weekend's match against England, coach Byron Hayward is keen to see player safety improved at under-20s level. I've got to say it as is. I've been extremely disappointed with the officiating, particularly what happened in Glasgow last week. I brought an email to Jules Root on the Saturday after the game. Took me over a week to get a response. I've been in touch with Phil Davis as well, she's the head of World Rugby. Just to get some clarification around some of the decision making there because we've had a player leave the field with a concussion, split eye, and the actor scored in the try, Ollie Andrew, not even looked at. Hugh Davis is having surgery today on knee ligaments wiped out, side entry to ruck. And Mackenzie Martin's had a head on head eye tackle in the first 10 minutes. and. He's asked the referee and none of these things we even looked at. But when it comes to a safety issue with the players, I feel as a coach I have a responsibility to highlight this because it is part of my role is to look after the players we have. And this is a safety issue and I've been feeling really frustrated about this because, you know, Hugh Davis is a great lad who's put a tremendous amount of work in now and he's, had his, he's out for the season because of um, a legal side entry and a director clear out towards the knee. Yeah, the head stuff, they're so hot on it normally. It's weird that it's not even looked at when a player's got HIA. It's totally, completely for me. I, I can't fathom it. It's, I don't know why it wasn't looked at. And the players you know, are asking for it. We've seen it. We've highlighted the issues. We've sent the clips off. I've had some feedback. Then they had a response back that, yeah, he should have been cited. But then the sighting commissioner and that process is ridiculous because a 
apparently you have 12 hours post-game to cite someone and that's it. If you don't do it in that 12 hours, it's a bit silly like saying I can go and rob a bank tomorrow, but if you can't catch me after 12 hours, I get away with it. It's crazy. Bear in mind, we are game finishes around about 9 o'clock on uh, Friday night. We're on the bus at 8am the next morning on the way to the airport. And plus, like I'm not looking for foul play. I'm looking how our players can get better to win a rugby match. I'm trying to coach them to do that. Mm. Um, I think it's up to the cycling commissioner to come and say to us, like the question they asked after the game is like, oh, have you got anything for us? And I think the question should be the other way around. Have you got anything for us? Because I'm watching a rugby match. So the whole process is, it's not where it should be. And it's not, for me, a bit baffling. I'll give an example of the summer series in Italy last year. It was a real good process where we had Dave McHugh as a head of referees there. We had like loads of conversations with Dave, weekly, daily almost, feedback for us from the games, what we need to clean up on. It's great because we then fed that back to the players and said, boys, look, these are the areas we tighten up on. Like if we come in side entries or we're not rolling away at the tackle, we work on those things in the week ready for the next game. I think all that process was so thorough and of a high standard that the product ended up being better on the field which is what we all want to see. Because I don't believe there's anyone in this tournament, under-20s rugby, or anyone coaching under-20s rugby, won a negative game. We all want these boys who are exceptionally talented to play a high, high standard, high speed, high ball in play, and entertainment as well. And, and I'm sure that is, I say, for all, I speak for all the coaches and all the nations. Um, it just seems that you know, we need to make the officiating process better than what it is. A, have you had replies? B, do they satisfy you? I had replies eventually, but not really satisfying. He just confirmed what I actually said to him. Phil actually has emailed me again today to ask me to send the footage again of the Hugh Davis incident to him, uh, and whether the Scottish lad is done intensely or not. Um, and it's not that they want somebody punished for what has happened to Hugh, because I'm sure if the lad had had his time again, he wouldn't have done it that way. It was just a really offensive tackle by Morgan Morse on the rocker that drove him back five metres. And the only way they could get to the rack really was in the side, where he was over the ball in a jackal position. Just, you know, we want to get them boys in trouble and you don't want to miss rugby, but, you know, we have to tidy this area of the game up. I suppose on the positive side, it's not often you see a team with 13 players battle as hard, score points, stay in the game with all the yellow cards you had, make it all as close. There was a lot of uh, spirit in the side that you must be pleased with. Oh, yeah, I, am, I was really proud of the boys. I mean, don't get me wrong, we made a lot of errors and the boys know that. But in terms of like, the effort and commitment and pride they show with, for the jersey, to keep them out just before half-time with 13 men. And then we had a chat at half-time about a few tactical things. Obviously, you have to shift a few players around different positions and come up with a strategy where... It's sort of low at risk, but we want to score points. They executed that 10 minutes after half time, like the highest standard, because they delivered exactly what we spoke about, you know, playing close to the rack, Dan playing at nine. And we scored two tries and we end up getting ahead in the second half. And we still, don't get me wrong, the game was still late for us to be won. We just didn't take our chance at the end. So. And then in terms of looking forward to this week, I imagine discipline and getting the right side of the referee and not giving away cards, penalties, etc. be a significant part of the team talk? Oh, it's massive. We, we look back through every single penalty because we have to make sure we tie up our area as well. It's not just a case of looking to blame. And I want to stress that if I can, that, you know, I always say, you know, you look in the mirror before you look at the window. 
and we use that a lot with our players and uh, with our staff, all of us. You know, I, I, I've always done it, and probably this is the first time you'd have ever heard me mention anything about officials in my career, playing or coaching. But if you look at, you know, our record, two games, we conceded 32 penalties and five yellow cards. Well, then our last perception now to the officials as reference this week is pretty horrendous, really, stats-wise. But we've gone back to the 22 and 14 of them we could have controlled and that's still too high for us so we need to get our house in order certain areas and we've addressed that with our players that needs to be in single figures so we've got to make sure we get that right and then uh, 10 years ago we could go and meet the rest day before the game just to have a chat and just say like for me the biggest area like right, how are you going to referee the tackle area so then I can go back on Thursday we can have a meeting with our players and say guys this is what he's really hot on you can't be taking any 50-50 chances here but the process doesn't allow us to do that anymore we can't have conversations with the referee until he basically comes in the dressing room before the game there's not a lot of time but I just think we can make it so much better make the game better make the spectacle better and uh, it'll help the players as well Let's hope it's a better spectacle against England. What are you yeah. expecting? They obviously beat Scotland, but it was quite a close game in the end. What do you make of the challenge they pose? Yeah, well, England will come with a big driving game against us. Uh, that's one area we've had to work. We'll put a bit of work into this week because our drive defence of moles needs to be better than what it is, has been. And England will come there with a strong... And the next two teams after this game, Italy and France will be the same. They'll come with a big, strong driving mentality, so we need to make sure we stop that legally. That's source. So that's a big focus point for us. I think if we can do that and get it partly possession-wise, I'm confident we can beat England. Um, because, like I said, I'm, I've been proud of the way the boys, have, the way they've trained, the way they've applied themselves, the way they've played in the games. We show real good glimpses of what we're capable of. And keeping 15 players on the field will be our focus for 80 minutes. Because <laughs> even in the flashes, you know, obviously the back scored a really good try, nice skill from Cameron Winnett. You know, the, yeah. There's some promise in that back line, isn't there? Yeah, I think our backline is very strong and there's so much talent there. We encourage a lot of offload and you know these boys can do things. I haven't coached them that much to do. They've been either developed in their younger part of their career or they're just gifted to be able to... Because offloading is a skill and it's, it's a decision-making process as well of knowing when to offload. It's not just a case of... But they've got good footwork, they've got good ball transfer and most of them can offload really well off both hands and... I know as a former defence coach, it's the hardest thing to defend. It's like when you play against teams that just run at you and tuck the ball under one hand, it's easy. When you play against teams like a France who got multiple offload options, it's really, really difficult to defend. I believe that's what we got and we've shown it against Ireland and a few of the tries and line breaks. That, and, um, and what is pleasing for me is that you know, what we coach here is principles, uh, so I coach principles of play as opposed to systems and framework and you know the second core principle of the player is support the ball if we make a blind break we score a try right how many red jerseys are on the ball and the boys have really bought into it and I've been really happy with the way most of the time you start making six line breaks a game but if you're not converting any of them boys are switching off and sleeping so but we've managed to convert when we have had those line breaks and we were very close against Scotland when Morgan went through but um, you know there's good defence from them in fairness also going to be speaking to um, Harry Ackerman, Harry Houston a bit. Just talk a little bit about them and the contribution that they've made. Yeah, well, the uh, first time I've seen Harry was in France last year playing for the under-18s and Marcuses. And um, 
He's someone that jumped out to me as a natural leader at that time, and he's first year 20s now. He captained the team against Poland early January, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's going to be an exceptional talent, I think. Very similar in the mould of Joe Hawkins, in that just like a natural leader. You know, he doesn't shot and ball too much, but what he says, the boys listen to him, and what he says is sense and good distribution skills, which is essential for a 12 if you want to put width on the game. So he's been a really excellent addition and it'll be good to see what he's like in another 18 months when he comes out of this programme, ready for senior rugby. Harry Houston, yeah, Harry's come back in. You know, Harry was disappointed he'd been playing in Scotland, but I sat him down and said, look, you're not dropped. And he wasn't dropped. It was just a case of I didn't want to give Leon his first cap. You know, Harry's played for us last year and he's a seasoned international really at this level. I thought Liam played really well against Ireland. I didn't want to come in for a game and out for a game. And then Ollie was coming back. So it was just a case of a rotation, really, with those. Because I think the three of them have played, you know, fantastically well in this tournament. So Harry just comes back in and Liam will no doubt have his time again in the games ahead. Well, what about the players? A chance to hear more from Newport and Dragon centre Harry Ackerman and first Swansea Ospreys wing Harry Houston. Excitement is the one big thing. Obviously, coming away from two losses, quite narrow losses, I think we're really excited to go into the biggest game of the year, really, against England. Obviously, Archer enemies, so I think we're all really excited to get out there Friday night. So, fingers crossed it all goes well and come away with a win. For yourself, coming back into the team, Byron was very keen to make the point you weren't dropped. He just, he's got so many players he wants to rotate. And I suppose that's part of the under-20s thing, that you do want people to have experience. Yeah, definitely. It's completely understandable as well. I had the opportunity last year with getting my first cap last year and completely understand this year there's boys that's coming in new boys it's just got to be done and especially for the World Cup in the summer I think everything's building towards that at the minute so understandable and you had the record in the summer do you still have it that every time you score Wales win? <laughs> no, no I don't think so I think I was just uh, fortunate enough to be on the end of the few passes and few kicks just to add on the points so it's still quite nice though if you do go over everyone, oh, well, that's yeah. it. we're going to win today yeah obviously it is really nice but not a credit to the other boys for that, really. Just tell us a bit more about yourself and your background for people who don't know a lot about you. Started my rugby at Luckhill Rugby Club. Started, well, young boy, I was going up towards the firsts. Eventually started then, about five years old, playing under sixes. Played a year up and played there all my life, really, up until under 16s, where luckily enough to get picked up by the Ospreys. I went through the Swansea school system and then through the Osprey system, and here we are now, really. Yeah, playing for Swansea as well? Yeah, Swansea RFC as well, in the Premiership, so that's going quite well. I'm really enjoying my time down there, so it's good. What does that do for the experience, playing against the older heads, playing with some older heads? What does that do for you? Well, it's really good for our development, I think, especially last year. You had boys like Hanno Dirksen, he's had 100-plus caps with the Ospreys, and it's just good experience, especially in my position. I've learned a lot of him last year, especially, so it's really good for us. Yeah, because he's, as you say, got all that experience. I mean, just watching him, training with him, that's invaluable. Yeah, very experienced player, played at the highest level, and... Just to be learning off him, even if it's twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday for Swansea, is something you not many people get to have, so it's really good. Now, most people, their heroes are people 10, 15 years older. They watch as they're growing up. I gather yours is Louis Rees Summit, who's <laughs> hardly older than you are. No, in fairness, he's a very good player. Like everyone in Wales, I suppose, looks up to him. You look what he's done at such a young age, you can't complain, can you? Someone to look up to. And you look at his career yeah. at his age as well. I mean, how inspiring is that for all of you? You look at him, you look at Joe Hawkins. Yeah. And these are people who are, you played in the same age group as these people. Yeah, exactly. We had Joe, Mason, Dav, Chris last year. Mm. 
it just shows that the system does work and it's just hopefully with a bit of luck and a bit of hard work it could be us in a few years so. and there's obviously a lot of uncertainty flying around so that's something that you're able to put behind you yeah definitely I think we've got our own jobs to do on Friday night I think looking for the first win of the Six Nations it's a big thing in our group though we're just looking forward to that game want to get a win first win on the board and then the rest will look after itself I suppose isn't it? what do you make of England how much do you know about them and what are the chances They've had a good start, they've had two wins, but they've had two tough encounters. Uh, Scotland did well against them. You look at our game against Scotland last week, there was a lot of positives to take out of it, although it was a loss. I think we can go into that game quite confident, I think, especially just the group we've got. I think we're all so close and confident going into this game, so hopefully the result will come our way. Thanks. Harry Ackerman. Similar sort of start. How do you feel after that? Scotland game and yeah, how do you pick yourselves up from what was just an odd game of rugby in many ways? I think yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It was a pretty odd game of rugby, you know. We gave away too many penalties, 22, 21 penalties, four yellow cards and we were still one point in it. So I think it shows that there is some positives in that game. Like we didn't feel like we played too much rugby, we were still in the fight and then trying to build off our island game. Just looking forward to Friday really. Yeah, the period's down to 13 men where a lot of spirit was shown and then when the backs did get a ball with a bit of space, you were able to create something out on the outside. Yeah, I think it was a credit to everyone, really. Like, even when we was down to 13 men, we just defended on our try line. All the boys really dug in, stopped them from scoring right at the end as they half. Similar question, just for people who don't know a lot about you, just tell us about yourself. So I started playing rugby for Newbridge, went through the middies and juniors from, like, under-8s up until 16s, and then um, I was picked up by Dragons and then played through their 16s and 18s and then now I'm playing for Newport RFC with, through Dragons. And again, that's that experience with all the adults around and, and Newport likes to play a pretty fluid game of rugby. How, how are you finding that? Really good. You know, I think I've come on a lot to be fair in the past couple of months and like this year playing senior rugby, like learning off people inside me like OB and Will Reed has helped me improve massively. And then involved in the 18s, even though you are just 18 now, I mean, captaincy against Poland as well. I mean, how are you finding that process coming into the side and taking on a leadership role? I think it really boosts my confidence, to be fair. Like, I wasn't expecting it against Poland, but then it was a nice nod from Byron to bring me up into it. And I think it gives me another role in the team, and I just want to try and prove the point even more. You know, players have still got time in the programme to be picked out that early. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what will happen next year, but do you think in those terms? Um, I think the focus on is right now, but obviously you know you, you want to be looking forward. But right now I'm just trying to look forward and get our first win on Friday, hopefully against England. So on the back of the the opening two games and the performance against Scotland and England, of one two, people will be looking at that and thinking this is going to be a relatively easy away win. Maybe what's the feeling within the squad though? We're really looking to shock some people on Friday. You know England, they're a big team and everyone gets up for the game. So I think you'll be different mindset going into the game really and everyone will be trying to prove a point out there against England. Full house, Colwyn Bay as well, so that happens occasionally but it's still pretty special. Uh, yeah, it'll be amazing playing in front of that many people, you know, not many people get a chance and just looking forward to it especially against England. In terms of the bat line, the England pack will come pretty fully loaded, we know they're pretty powerful. Yeah. Do you sort of think, right, as long as we can get 30-40% we can take them on? You know, we back ourselves one-on-ones in our back line and as long as we get the ball and as long as we play how we can like in training and when we've shown in games sometimes and I think you know we can score tries from anywhere really. 
Well, some of the question just to finish off. Yeah, there is all this controversy going on in Welsh rugby. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're in this program for a couple of years. It's all quite a long way away from you. Is it easy to to block it out, put it behind you? Nothing really to do with you yet. Yeah, we're just looking to focus on Friday. You know, everyone's working together in the squad year, and we're all just focusing on our own roles, which is going to hopefully come to close on Friday. And best of luck to them in front of a full house in Colwyn Bay on Friday night. Well, Rugby's really well, so keep listening for more reaction next week. But until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye.